0: Testing 1, 2, 3. Testing one two three. This is Radio Free Mormon on the air, broadcasting behind enemy lines. Tonight's episode, the decision of the Utah State Records Committee. Today is June 11th, 2020. It is currently 9.51 Mountain Standard Time. In just 15 minutes, the Utah State Records Committee will convene and will be giving me a call to patch me into the hearing at which they will make their announcement as to which emails, if any, They are going to release to the public pursuant to my public disclosure request. For those of you who have not been following along, a little over two years ago, the news broke regarding McKenna Denson's allegation of being raped by former Missionary Training Center President Joseph Bishop in the basement of the MTC. When that story broke in March of 2018, the news media made a public disclosure request to the BYU Police Department asking for their reports, their investigation of Joseph Bishop. BYU PD responded by providing only nine pages of police reports reports to the media and all of page six was completely redacted. In addition to that, there were other redactions that were made that were obviously not the standard sort of redactions that we typically see in public disclosure information. Because of that, I did a separate public disclosure request. In 2019, after the legislature had officially designated the BYU Police Department as a public agency and therefore subject to public disclosure requests under the grammar statute in Utah. What I wanted to find out was who was making these decisions as to what to redact and what not to redact in the police reports because it was obvious to me that this was not a decision that was being made solely by the police department. And I based that on the fact of my long years of experience dealing with just these sorts of public disclosure requests to law enforcement agencies. These redactions were anything but the typical sort of redactions I commonly see. Well, BYUPD has been fighting me tooth and nail every inch of the way. They did provide to me a privilege log which contained not the contents of the emails but the fact that there were approximately 30 to 40 different emails that were sent relating to this issue, i.e. relating to instructions, advice, directions to the BYUPD As to what they should redact and what they should not redact in those police reports and those instructions are in the form of emails the persons referenced in those emails either as the sender of emails the receiver of emails or cc'd in the emails include three employees of byu who are not attorneys and not employees of the byu police department as well as four to five attorneys now, each and every one of those attorneys claims to represent not only BYUPD but also the private organization of Brigham Young University itself. I have challenged the appropriateness of attorneys who are representing BYU, a private corporation, involving themselves in directing a public agency, which is what BYUPD is, in how this public agency should respond to public disclosure requests. It appears obvious to me that this is a conflict Of interests. The attorneys on the other side, however, have responded that it is not a conflict of interest because BYUPD is an agency of BYU. They represent BYU and all of its agencies and therefore they also represent BYUPD. At the hearing last month, I had submitted briefing, the other side had submitted briefing, we had oral argument which I played for you in an episode and at the end of that hearing the committee decided that they needed to see the actual emails themselves so they could make a determination as to whether BYU was properly characterizing them as attorney-client privilege or prepared in anticipation of litigation. If the emails are attorney-client privilege or prepared in anticipation of litigation, then they fall outside the Public Disclosure Act and they do not repeat not have to be disclosed to the public. If, on the other hand, they find that some or all of these emails are not protected by attorney-client privilege or prepared in anticipation of litigation, then I expect that the committee will order some or all of those emails to be released to the public. It is now 9.58 a.m. Mountain Standard Time, and we are seven minutes away from the time this hearing is supposed to commence at 10.05 a.m., Now, one of two things will happen at this hearing. Either the records committee will find that none of the emails should be released, in which case BYU wins hands down, or the committee will find that some or all of the emails should be released to the public. If the committee finds that some or all of the emails should be released to the public in response to my public disclosure request, I fully expect that BYU will ask the committee to put that ruling in writing so that BYU can then appeal that ruling to the district court in Utah. So I am coming into this hearing expecting that no matter what it is that the Utah State Records Committee orders, BYU is still not gonna turn over any of those emails to the public. We'll see if that happens. Okay, now it is 10 o'clock a.m. and we have five minutes to go until I am expecting the phone call from the Utah State Records Committee for the hearing. I will not be having much to say in this hearing. I do not expect the other side will have much to say. We have already had our say. We've already had the opportunity to submit our briefing. And what we are doing today is waiting on the Utah State Records Committee to issue their final ruling. I did find out a couple of weeks ago that BYU did turn over those emails to the Records Committee, that copies were made for each of the individual members of the committee, and that they have therefore had two weeks to review them individually and as a committee and make their determinations. As I say, once again, the purpose of this hearing is for them to announce their decision based upon their review of the emails themselves. It is now 10.02 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. We have three minutes to go before I'm expecting to get a phone call. I really have nothing else to say at this time, so I will recommence the recording once the phone rings. Okay, here we go.
1: Ken Williams, I am the Chair Pro Tem of the State Records Committee. We have the committee all present and also the respondent, Brigham Young University Police on the the call. And this was a continuance from last month. And so since we've already had testimony, we're going to move to deliberation. And the committee has met in closed session to review the records in camera. And so I'm opening up to the committee for deliberation now. And just to clarification, to you, Ken, the, the committee reviewed the records
2: in camera and then met to discuss what was reviewed. Yeah. Because we reviewed them in camera individually. And, and, um, and just while I'm at it, I'll just say that um, even though I was part of the original um, uh, session, I was not able to complete the in-camera review, so I'll be abstaining from the vote. Thank you, David. And
1: are so making the same comments?
3: Yeah, uh, I haven't been party from the original hearing or the in-camera review, so I will be abstaining from the vote as well.
1: Okay. And both of you will be listening in, I guess, on the deliberation, so. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. And then I just wanted to, um, on record how we handled the in-camera review. The records were provided to the committee and, you know, they were delivered here to the archives building to the secretary and then I took possession of the records and the committee members reviewed those here at the archives building by appointment. So they came in one at a time and reviewed the records. So I just wanted everyone to be aware that that's the process. The records are here in my possession now and will be returned. So. I'm opening it up to deliberation now.
3: So I guess I could start to um, I'll start a motion for deliberation. Um, I moved that the records are appropriately classified under three oh five eighteen and seventeen. After having reviewed the records in camera, I know that the, <laughs> the records were appropriately classified in 305, 17, and 18.
1: So, Tricia, that, that classification then has them as protected records,
3: correct? Yeah, protected records under attorney-client um, privilege, work product, and uh, work done in this case by an attorney in preparation for an administrative proceeding in this case. Oh, fuck yeah. Having said that um I uncomfortable with having the records protected because I'm more for transparency in government than um than not but I think there's a good case to be said that the classifications are correct.
1: So, Tricia has one the motion and it was seconded by Holly Richardson. Is there any discussion to the motion, I guess, this point?
3: Oh. I really would like discussion to the motion from other committee members.
1: Um, this, is, this is Tom Carlson driving in here. Um, I probably will support the motion. I'm I'm always a little uncomfortable when um, I can't make the, the complete connection between correspondence and legal practices. But, um, you know, I think the way that you made the motion, Patricia, and this probably does fall into the realm of, especially with 17, attorney-client privilege. Um, and so I, I wish I had a completely 100% one fuzzy feeling about this, but I lean more towards your your motion than, than uh, as opposed to, uh, you know, granting appeal. So, and so, Tom and Tricia, I, I I do agree with you, and I do think the one thing that Tricia has pointed out, and that uh, you know, we we've, we've learned through this you know, review, is that that close relationship between work product and attorney-client privilege, and you know, being able to, after reviewing this and discussing this through this hearing process, you can see that uh, the, the parties were working on behalf of their parent, in my view, working on behalf of their parent organization. And that this was, you know, shows the process that they went through as they received the request for records. And I appreciated that, that they had documented how they were addressing records requests the process they followed. I learned a lot from the records. So, and so I, I do agree with um, Patricia that the that they have been classified correctly. Thank <laughs> you, even though I'm abstaining from
2: the vote, I'm not abstaining from comment. Um, I I do uh, understand the the lack of comfort level, and I think um, part of that. E- even though, if I were voting for this, I would. Concur that it's the appropriate motion and would vote for the motion. The, um, and based on my colleagues review of the records and their uh, general agreement that they are privileged, um, under 17 and 18. I think that the lack of comfort also goes back to the fact that, um, you know, we're talking about a police force that is a public entity that's part of a private entity, and we're still trying to get our heads around that. Yeah. And, um, um, and so I think that's, that's just, you know, just for, for the record, I think that's part of the, the lack of comfort. But in reality, if, uh, the, if that question was not, um, part of this, uh, this case, we would still make the same decision, even if it was a, there was no question about whether it was a public entity. I think we would still make the same
1: decision. So any other comments from the committee? So hearing none, we have a motion by Patricia and a second by Holly. Would it be appropriate to call the vote? Yes. So roll call vote. Let's do a roll call vote. Um, Patricia? Yes. Tom Harrelson? Yes. Holly Richardson? Yes. And Ken Williams, yes. Did I cover everyone and then Dave Fleming and Nancy Dean are abstaining from the vote? Correct. Correct. So the vote is unanimous and I guess the, the final instruction would be that uh, the order will go out, Paul, in, five, five business, yeah. in seven businesses. Okay. In seven days. And we thank the parties for participating in this hearing and your patience in getting this underway.
3: And and, and can they also, after, after the order is signed, they have 30 days Either party may appeal to district court in
1: 30 thank days. For that clarification of So 30 days from the date of the order. Yes. So thank you, everyone, for tuning in and your patience. We appreciate your time.
0: Thank you very much to all the members of the thank committee. You. Thank you. Thank you. So there you have it. It looks like we are shut out. The committee has ruled unanimously to not repeat, not release any of the emails between the different parties to the BYU Police Department, directing them on what to release to the public and what not to release to the public. I am shocked, but not surprised. I think the most interesting part of the entire proceeding was the level of discomfort that was manifested by several of the committee members with the fact that That attorneys representing the private corporation of Brigham Young University were involved in telling a public agency, BYUPD, how to respond to public disclosure requests. Nevertheless, their ruling is clear. But really, I think we have enough facts, even without seeing the emails, to know exactly what was going on. Attorneys representing the interests of BYU were telling BYUPD what to tell the public and what not to tell the public relating to their investigation of Joseph Bishop. The actual words and the emails they use to communicate those directions seems at this point somewhat superfluous to my mind. I'm going to start working now to edit this podcast, and by that I mean mainly my introductory comments. I'm not going to be editing what was said during the hearing, and get it up at Radio Free Mormon as soon as possible. Be sure and post your thoughts and comments regarding this hearing at the comments section at RadioFreeMormon.org. Until next time, this is Radio Free Mormon, signing off the air.